The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. We're talking law and order this morning. And our friends from the Murfreesboro Police Department are with us today. So if you have questions dealing with, we underline, Murfreesboro law and order situations, you can give us a shout right now or text us, whichever you prefer, talk or text. And that's all at 615-893-1450. That's it, 615-893-1450. And our friends from the Murfreesboro Police Department are right here with us this morning. So why don't you join us in conversation? 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen is with us, along with Lieutenant Clayton Williams, Public Information Officer Larry Flowers, and so many more. They're all here running in, big smiles on their faces this morning. I tell you, there are a whole lot of happy things happening here. Spring is in the air, and uh, it's a beautiful day. Michael, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you with us today. Thank you. It is a gorgeous day out there. It is. Spring is definitely here. Uh, We keep oscillating back and forth from cool days to uh, warm days, and we're in sort of a cool one today, but I like those cool ones. 70, uh, 68 or so, 70 degrees is is a comfortable day. Yes, sir. Well, tell us what's happening at, uh, there's a bulletin already. <laughs> I tell you, there's news breaking everywhere. Uh, uh, what's happening at the Murfreesboro Police Department? Oh. What's not happening? <laughs> continuing to grow, uh, just a lot of good things are happening. Uh, one of the things that I always uh, like to uh uh, remind everybody that hey, if you're uh, interested in a career in law enforcement, uh, feel free to contact our recruiter, Jason Higgins at the PD. He can tell you all about our agency and uh, all the job opportunities uh, that we have available. I think one of the big things uh, that uh, a lot of people don't realize is uh, it, the jobs uh, at MPD don't only involve uh, law enforcement. There's a lot of things that go on behind the scene as far as support staff, things like that. So if any of that interests you, uh, definitely give that a shot. And I'd encourage everybody to, uh, uh, if you haven't gone through our CPA, to give that a shot. Uh, oh, a great program. Yeah, it, it, really, it really gives a lot of insight as to uh, how our operation is and uh, uh, get a lot of good comments from that. And then uh, any feedback, if you've been through the program, uh, definitely is appreciated in any way we can improve on it. Uh, and then uh, one of the big things to remember is uh, uh, May, of course, in and John, that's what we're in now. Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and j- just remember that uh, May uh, Police Memorial Week falls in May, and uh, when will that be? It always falls the week of the fifteenth. So our ceremony will actually be the eighteenth of May. So it'd be that week. Okay. And is the public encouraged to be there? Is it open to the public? Yeah, they're allowed to attend. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, that's out in front of the Murfreesboro Police Department on Island. Yes, sir. All righty. May the 18th. And what is the time on that? 10 o'clock. We do it early in the morning, those uh, May days. I, I know you remember the days on the plaza. They can get oh, kind of hot, so we try to do it in that cool part of the day. 
and that's uh, open to the public, yes, and uh, it's, it's a way to honor our police and also especially those who've made the supreme sacrifice. Yes, How sir. many officers do we have who have passed away on duty? Well, we honor uh, both uh, uh, MPD officers, and uh, we also honor uh, outside agencies. You know, everybody knows that this is a partnership, so we also uh, uh, honor the troopers, the, the marshals, uh, anybody that was uh, killed in line of duty for Rutherford County. Uh, on our wall, we have, uh, of course, Butch Tomlinson, Herbert McClanahan, Kay Rogers, uh, Byron Motley, and Matt Lovejoy. So those are the uh, members of our agency that have lost their lives in line of duty. And we need to be there and, and show our support for these people, show the support for the police department. That is bound to make everyone feel better and do a better job, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, of course, uh, back to... If you would like to be a part of the police department, uh, what kind of training programs do you have? I mean, obviously, most people don't have a, a background usually when they come to you in police work. It's a yeah. So, just just give them some background information. It's a huge challenge right now with uh, uh, law enforcement hires. Uh, I think one recent professional uh, journal article. Uh, said that the average career for a law enforcement officer right now is around 36 months, uh, and that's a, that's a nationwide They're, average. They only work for three years and yeah, they yeah, move yeah, on? Yeah, 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 that's kind of a, a, a national average. So uh, that's that's the big challenge. Uh, we know that uh, we just have to change our approach and how we hire. Uh, I think uh, at one time we could put out an advertisement if we had two or three positions, and we'd get hundreds of applicants. It was pretty easy so we've kind of changed our recruiting methods we've kind of changed our hiring methods uh, some of the things that we've changed that uh, really work out is uh, the way we onboard people uh, uh, instead of you having to wait several months for us to start a rec- recruit recruit class uh, what we'll do is if you uh, meet the requirements you pass the all the uh, all the things that are part of our conditional offer of employment we'll go ahead and bring you on board and basically if we don't have a class up and running at that time We'll go ahead and let you start working, and basically what you'll do is you'll ride with experienced officers. So you're gaining experience, you're gaining knowledge, you're seeing what the job's about, and it kind of gives you a, a head start before the class are, actually starts. And then, of course, we always do our own, we call it our own uh, mini-academy before we send you to the police academy to where we just keep you in a classroom for for several weeks and then uh, prepare you for the academy. And uh I know that our staff, most of the people that go to the academy, are pretty well prepared and are able to manage the academy uh, pretty easily. And I think that uh, people would agree that if you are living in the Murfreesboro area, the police are respected. They are looked up to. Uh, it's it's a it's it's an honor to be a police officer. It is. It is. Uh, I tell you, I've been blessed uh, throughout my career. Uh, uh, it's just. Uh, you see a lot of tough stuff, but you also, you also see a lot of good out there. You, you see a lot of uh, the worst of uh, people, and then, but you also see a lot of kind acts and a lot of generous acts, and it kind of reassures you that, uh, hey, hey, we're in a good place. Uh, we're in a good town. We've got a lot of people around here that, that love each other and uh, want to take care of each other. So that's always encouraging. Uh, I tell you, I can't uh, – I look back in my career, and I can't tell you the number of times that we're – where acts of kindness are done, and, and you know a lot of people do those things behind the scenes and didn't get recognition. But I, 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 there's a lot of it that goes on, and I, it's it, it's appreciated. 
I noticed that uh, more and more restaurants are saying, okay, men in blue, women in blue, come in. Uh, we have coffee, donuts, sandwiches, whatever right. for you. We want to show you that we appreciate you. Right, right. And, you know, and, and on the flip side, I, my staff says all the time, you know, I hear, you know, they, they appreciate the sport, and it means a lot to them to get those uh, that recognition, get those phone calls, get those cards of encouragement. So it means a lot to them. Uh, good place, good time. Uh, one of our biggest challenges, though, uh, when we go back to recruiting is uh, – you know the uh, market's kind of stagnant for uh, law enforcement as far as uh, it, and I say that, but I think if you look at a lot of professions, a lot of people are having trouble hiring and, and filling positions. So I don't think we're uh, the only uh, profession that has a uh, uh, challenges ahead of us. So, so, uh, but the big challenge for us is just that growth factor too. You know, we're we're trying to keep up with the trend right now, which is a. Uh, uh, the the inability to hire huge numbers of law enforcement on top of the fact that we should be growing the agency uh, you know uh, we're kind of unique in Murfreesboro we're, we're a very very fast growing city so, oh, very definitely. So, so that's a challenge but but there's a lot of things you know we always look at people people there's a lot of things that we're trying to do as well to, to kind of it really doesn't compensate for shortages in manpower but uh, we're just trying to better use our technology trying to use our better use our information that we get through our analysts to focus our resources. Uh, I know that uh, that has helped a lot, and I think some of the new technology pieces that we want to put in place will hopefully cut down some of our investigative time and, and, and uh, help our CID unit and units like that operate more efficiently. I'm glad you mentioned about the technology because even if a person is brand new to police work, it is bound to make a difference if they have the, the latest technology police cars with digital equipment in it, right. uh, state-of-the-art police station with uh, labs in it and things of that sort. Right. This has to be a, a, a big draw for the Murfreesboro Department. Right, right. One of the things that uh, uh, it's amazing, and I, I think uh, Hollywood has done a lot for this, the interest in the uh, forensic-type jobs the people that want to do crime scene investigations that aren't certified police officers but actually go out and process crime scenes, things like that, there's a huge interest in that. And, of course, anytime we can fill those positions with non-certified police officers and let them do that uh, type of work, which they're very good at. I mean, they're, they do an amazing job for us. Uh, anytime we can do that and fill that with uh, non-certified positions, that really helps us out a lot. And we'll look to continue to expand that. But it's amazing the amount of interest uh, that uh, people have in positions like that. And what is the starting pay for police officers? It depends on uh, where you start. Uh, 53 is the starting pay. But we also have the ability, if you have experience, to move you in at uh, up to midpoint. So that just depending on your years of experience. But we do recognize prior experience, and we'll pay you that as soon as you walk through the door. And uh, and it, that, that's helped us a lot in getting uh, uh, some of these laterals, people trying to leak, uh, relocate from other areas. That's helped us a lot. We have a question here from a listener. They say that they – are interested in learning more, and they have they don't have any background in police work, but they have four years military experience. Would that help? Uh, I tell you this: uh, we uh, encourage veterans to hire. Uh, veterans have always been a good fit for our organization. They know a lot of the structure. They know a lot of the things. So uh, 
the the prior experience in law enforcement that we will hire you without experience. I had zero experience when I started. Clayton, and you're the chief now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. So, 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 so yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely love our veterans and uh, encourage you if you're interested to. Uh, you can call the police department. Uh, you can go online and uh, uh, find uh, the recruiter tab and make contact with them. But uh, definitely encourage you and welcome you to apply. So. Very good. And the training component, we provide all the training, so uh, don't worry about having any type of background or anything like that. So just go to the website or call the police department, either one. Yeah, the website's easier because it takes you right to uh, to our recruiter. So, uh, and uh, Sergeant Higgins, I don't know if you know Jason, he does that, and he does a fantastic job as far as keeping tact, in touch with uh, potential applicants and just really uh, providing all the information that they'll need to make an informed decision about where they'd want to work. Very good. And that's uh, all at the Murfreesboro Police website. Larry, what is the web address on that? Larry's the IT guy, and he knows everything like that. Sure, it's www.murfreesborotn.gov forward slash police, and there's a recruitment tab at the top of the page. Just simply click on that, and it has everything you need to uh, know in terms of uh, becoming an employee of the Murfreesboro Police Department from a recruit with no experience to a certified or lateral officer who may be transferring from a different department. So um, everything you would know need to know, including the physical ability test that you would have to uh, take. We have a video that's showing the course that you have to run to be able to uh, see if you're physically fit to be able to uh, become a police officer. And Everything you need to know is on that particular page. And, again, uh, Sergeant Jason Higgins and his team, they do a great job of uh, going around uh, to different states, going around here in Tennessee, recruiting uh, for the police department. And um, we're getting uh, a lot of out-of-state applicants as a result. Great. And one thing to remember, too, uh, one huge component of the police department that not only serves uh, the police department but serves the uh, Mercer Fire Rescue Department as well as our communication right. sections, and there are plenty of job opportunities for that as well. Remember our communications uh, sections, uh, they're an amazing uh, group of people, and they police uh, they uh, dispatch police, they uh, handle the fire component, and they handle uh, the emergency uh, dispatch as well for uh, for medical services. So. A great opportunities there, and uh, I know we have openings there as well. And uh, encourage anybody that uh, may be interested in that to apply as well. They are the first line of connection with the they public. Are. They are. They and are. so I, I'm sure they get some frightening calls sometimes. Somebody may be dying on the other end, and they have to walk a, a person who's with them through. What can you do to keep them alive till the right. uh, emergency crews can get there? Right, right. And like I said, uh, so often they're up there in their area and they're uh, kind of unseen and unrecognized, but just know that those uh, we've got amazing staff up there and they handle that stuff professionally every day and uh, really proud of them. And again, that's one of those areas that has the latest equipment. Right. And it's, that has to be a difference. I mean, if you're getting into those areas... You love the high-tech part of it, too. Right, right. And I know our communication section right now is offering us. I know there's a, there's this, uh, it's hard to do, but there's uh, this desire for the work uh, 
work and personal life balance uh, with everybody. And I know that communications has really uh, worked hard to uh, adopt a 10-hour compressed uh, work schedule. So uh, that's appealing to a lot of people. So Here's a, another comment from a listener who says, how do you say no experience? I have experience doing school traffic. And I also have an armed security licensed cadet qualifying me for anything with the Murfreesboro Police Department. Would I qualify for some of those positions? You would qualify to apply for those positions. Uh, whenever we talk about prior experience or we talk about uh, uh, qualified positions, typically we talk in the realm of are you certified in law enforcement in another place? So basically, a resume like that without any prior law enforcement, we would we would put in, in no uh, uh, no prior law enforcement experience. Uh, it's like military. It's a lot, of th- a lot of things. You have a lot of things that would make you qualified by by you know the. I think naturally when you look at the military, you could, you would assume that that would be an easy transition for law enforcement just because some of your experiences, you know structure, you know you probably had weapons handling, things like that. You probably had training, things like that. says he has an armed security license and is a cadet. Well, what does that mean? Uh, unless he's a cadet with another agency. Uh, you know, some places have a, a cadet programs or they might have a, some other type program. So... Okay, so, so he's so, probably, this is not a Murfreesboro person, or I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, uh, each each state has, you know, the big thing is Tennessee, we have post, and uh, that, that would be the certifying body that grants you uh, certification as law, enforce, law enforcement officer in the same way in other states. So those would be the things that... Uh, those would be the things that we would look for for experience. You'd have to be certified from a accredited body of law enforcement from a state. Yeah, yeah. And I guess go back to the context of the question because we basically say if you have zero experience in anything uh, regarding law enforcement or security or anything like that, don't consider yourself uh, a non-applicant. You still have the ability to apply. I went from uh, working in a motorcycle shop to being in law enforcement. We get people from the private sector all the time. So, uh those aren't necessary requirements for you to apply. Okay. And and we don't know where these listeners are. We, I'm just looking at a map <laughs> right now. We have listeners in Ukraine tuned in this oh, morning. My. We have them uh, all over the United States, British Columbia, Maine, New York, North Carolina, you name it. Well, if they're looking for a job and want to be a police officer, come on down. Come on over to the <laughs> best place, right. Murfreesboro. We'll be right back. Stay with us. News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at com. Schedule online anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthCare.com. Is your saving for retirement strategy involving the phrase, I'll get around to it someday? If so, we need to talk. 
Hi, I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor Lee Colvin. And when it comes to meeting your goals, time can be on your side. And there's no better time than now to get started towards your retirement goals. Give us a call, Lee Colvin, at 615-907-7056. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat, and I like eating steak, where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the upper 60s. Northwest winds at 5 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. Tonight, mostly clear, low of 39. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vuichitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 43. Good morning. Still heavy traffic right now past the airport coming in past B&A there on Donaldson Pike uh, westbound, especially coming in from uh, Wilson County, the Mount Juliet area, uh, headed towards Hermitage. Heavy, but it's moving down 65 through uh, Robertson County. Lots of radar in the northern part of Robertson County up there around the Portland area. Hey, don't miss Sips and Sharks at Ripley's Aquarium in the Smokies. It's coming up May 20th and 21st. This is an adult uh, sleepover event, and it's got all kinds of activities. Just Google Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Talk Radio WGNS. Putting the power of your free speech into action. On air and online at WGNSRadio.com. We are back again. Angie Smith is our birthday winner today. She gets that delicious banana pudding from the Slick Pig Barbecue. Congratulations to you. And Lisa Pemberton is our good neighbor of the day today. Lisa Pemberton, she cares for her students and she is a teacher here in town. Lisa Pemberton receiving flowers from Jenny Harrison and the whole family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Welcome back. The WGNS Action Line is sponsored this morning and powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Middle Tennessee Electric's EV Car Club has hundreds of members and growing EV owners. They have enthusiasts. Anyone interested in learning more about electric vehicles, you're encouraged to sign up at mte.com forward slash EVC car club or EV car club I guess it would be welcome back we're talking about the Murfreesboro Police Department Larry Flowers is with us this morning the public information officer and you can see his handiwork on their website doing a great job over there Larry Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen with us and Lieutenant Clayton Williams good morning to you Let's take a phone call here. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Hello? Uh, yeah, the chief that's there now, I don't think he was here when that person got killed on that motorcycle. He was uh, here, but he wasn't the chief. 
Well, I came by right after it happened, and that was tragic, useless. Some person couldn't wait to turn in a street to turn around. They had to make a U-turn in the middle of the road. And I just wonder if that person ever got charged with anything for that. And uh, there's not a week goes by now what some motorcyclists don't get killed in Middle Tennessee for simple reason. People can't wait. They want to make a left turn or they want to pull out. I used to ride motorcycles 40 years ago. I wouldn't ride one now if you give it to me. <laughs> you're, taking, you're taking your life in your hands, and you better be an organ donor if you want to leave anything for your family. It's ridiculous how people drive now. You can try to drive the speed limit. You'll get people honking their horn at you, fingering you when they go by, or a road rage incident. It's just unreal how people behave now. And it's all over society, too. They don't care about and other people. I was people. just wondering whatever happened to that case about that, if that girl ever got charged with anything other than a fader yield. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, Thank and, you for um, calling, by the way. I promise you everybody here remembers that day really well. Um, that uh, November in 2005, and the 8th, I believe it was, um, THP handled that investigation. Um, she was charged. I don't recall what the final, as far as sentencing or outcome was, but, uh, but yeah, they did do due diligence there, and um, and it's unfortunate and yeah, tragic. and uh, But... You know, they just like he pointed out, driving on the road. I mean, there's a lot of things people do that um, they make mistakes and bad decisions, and a lot of times the result of those are um, tragedy and death. So, um, even the little things that's why we harp on so much. That's why we do the traffic enforcement we do. It's the, the small things that may seem, uh, you know, not important to someone else or it may not be seen like a big deal. Um, but that's why it's a function of police and we have to have traffic enforcement because the rest of us are out there and our family and our friends and loved ones, uh, we want everybody to get home safe. Uh, so we, that's why we make it a priority and, and we stick to that still. And Chief Bowen, under your watch, uh, you were concerned about the officers and we no longer have police officers on motorcycles. So, Right. We find that, uh, and, uh, there are just multiple reasons for that, uh, uh, had the officer pretty seriously hurt, and we were like, "Hey, can we accomplish our mission and, and at least have them in a vehicle uh, with that a- added uh, added protection?" Uh, so that's the route we went. Uh, I'm a huge motorcycle person; loved it. I mean, grew up on motorcycles, things like that. But you just have to look at the uh, uh, the risk uh, versus what you're trying to accomplish, and uh, we felt it was better that hey, we could still. Uh, do our traffic responsibilities uh do the things that we wanted to do just inside of a vehicle so uh made that call a couple years ago to just uh no longer have a motor unit and uh uh i tell you uh like clayton said uh, now i wasn't i wasn't the chief when uh, Kay passed away but uh you see these individuals these officers killed or hurt on these motorcycles and you don't want to see it again so uh, to me, the natural thing was, and maybe you know, right or wrong, I just I didn't want to see it again. So that's why we pulled them off the road. And Clayton, you are a motorcycle enthusiast as, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was you know, and I having some time separate. I mean, obviously, a lot of the a lot of us were 
disappointed that enjoyed doing that but you know long term seeing where we are now and uh, what we're able to do um you know it was just yeah we had so much much happen in quick succession there toward the end where some (laughs) several people got hurt and regardless of the reason um you know we're still able to do the things that we can uh, and we're doing great with this new traffic unit uh, that we've just got started got it fully staffed and um it's yeah, you just have to limit your liability and exposure, and you have to choose those things to make sure you're doing the right thing for your not only the people that's working for you, uh, but also out in the public. Isn't there a campaign going on right now? Yes, yeah, actually, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Go for it. Uh, the Tennessee Highway Safety Office is uh, in the middle of their Look Twice campaign, their motorcycle safety campaign. So they're encouraging, uh, you know, drivers to look twice uh, before pulling out into an intersection to make sure. There are no motorcycles approaching. Uh, the uh, motorcycle uh, awareness campaign is part of the uh, National Motorcycle Safety uh, Awareness Month. It, uh, and so from May 1st through May 15th, the Tennessee Highway Safety Office is running a, an online campaign. They're, they're you know, uh, adver- uh, advertising on TV as well, uh, running commercials showing the dangers of uh you know, riding a motorcycle and then drivers not paying attention or being aware. So um, that's underway right now. Uh, you know, the person who just called in was saying about a person turning in front of Officer Rogers' motorcycle and thinks that they'd still do it today. Well, I was driving down South Church Street the other day, and I was uh, in the uh, the far. I was in the lane that's closest to the middle, and uh, there was a truck that was next to me over toward the side of the road, and he decided he needed to uh, go in the other direction. There was not a lot of traffic. I mean, there was an opening. There was traffic coming, but there was an opening. So he sped up a little, whipped in front of me, made a U-turn all across South Church Street, a very busy road, and started going in the other direction. I thought, man, what is with that guy? Mm -hmm. Uh, just so they're out there still yeah and and those kind of things are why we like i said we very dangerous potential um outcome from something like that and and that's why you know we uh, decided it was important to have dedicated staff just out there looking for traffic violations um and and pulling those cars over and and taking enforcement actions so it, it we get it we understand it and uh you know we want to continue to grow and build on that and that's why we also encourage anyone, if you see, you know, ongoing situations that are happening, uh, we, we've established that uh, complaint line off through the website that actually goes directly to the folks that are doing that enforcement. Um, so any information like that and tips that you give us or things that you feel like need to be addressed, uh, please relay those over so that we can uh, get those folks out there. Tell us about that uh, vehicle service that you mentioned a moment ago about you have a a department that handles uh, complaints and things of that sort dealing with motor vehicles. So um, it's, I think Chief coined it, it's kind of the the, the traffic unit uh, kind of uh, birthed out of, we were doing some partnerships with uh, our um, other local agencies, Smyrna, Rutherford County, Highway Patrol, and we started seeing some of the uh, fruits of that and putting more staff and more resources on the street. Um, so 
Um, we've now got that actually separated from our uniform patrol officers, so we still have people that are answering the radio and answering the calls that come out and the 911 calls and going to these locations and taking the police reports. But we have this group separated to where they can use their time to focus solely on doing enforcement. I know just a couple last two weeks they were doing, for example, school zones. They were uh, spending all their time just going around the different school zones trying to make sure that people were in their seatbelt, not speeding and not on their telephone. And uh, from that, um, they wrote a plethora of citations, a total of 422. And uh, probably the biggest uh, seatbelt was the leading violation, 175 people not wearing their seatbelt. And then speeding in the school zone was 38 and then using their phone in schools on 72. That's a lot of people, and that's a lot of potential for a distracted driving issue to cause an accident. And, and you know, we, we realize that, and we get complaints about speeding in school zones quite frequently. So we're proud of what they're doing, and we hope that we'll continue to see the fruits of that and just reminding everybody to slow down, reminding everybody to pay attention, remind everybody to follow the law. But that, um, that complaint uh, line, if they go to our website, um, there's uh, just like we talked about mercerytn.gov forward slash police and I think it's, there's a tab that says report a traffic concern or traffic complaint they can fill in the card there um, if they'll leave their contact information we will contact them to let them know um, either if we need other information or what the result of what we found so that way they actually get some closure and uh, understand what happened So now you mentioned about the focus on the school zones in particular Mm -hmm. uh one of the ways that we seem to learn the hardest and the best is through our pocketbook is there a a bigger fine for using your cell phone versus not having a seat belt on or is it the same fine for everything the the fines vary um there is not necessarily an enhancement uh for being in a school zone you know it's it's they consider that the same i think the we just see the, uh, you know, of all places where you have a 15-mile-an-hour speed limit, it should be uh, strictly adhered to because of the potential of, you know, someone crossing the street, uh, someone not paying attention, uh, the damage that could cause. So uh, we want to make sure that kids are safe. And, and not, it's not only that. I mean, these if, if you're driven through these school zones, you see there's a lot of planning that goes into place about getting buses in and out and cars in and out and moving traffic along. And, you know, if, uh, if we were to have an accident in one of those areas, um, not only, you know, what outcome, you know, where potentially somebody could be hurt, but think about just even as Larry talked about last time we were here, the delays and the more tr- people are trying to get to school, they can't get their kids in, you know, they can't get where they need to go. So it, it affects everyone trying to travel through that area. So we want to make sure we can get that done as efficiently and safely as possible. So these are going on right now. Uh, one of the... Listeners has sent us a note saying it looks like uh, the people try to slow down in the school zones, but as soon as they're out of sight of the officer, they speed up again, even if they're still in the school zone. So their heart doesn't seem to be in the right place. Mm. What what can you do about that? I guess there's nothing you can do about that. I, th- I think just the enforcement, I think that that's where we're trying to uh, send the message when we go specifically through these school zones uh, to do that. And uh, just know when you, if, you, if you're doing that type of thing, just know that uh, this isn't a one and done. We'll be back in these schools, and it's a, it'll be a continual effort to try to get people to slow down. So uh, no long term that uh, you could potentially see somebody in those school zones running radar, uh, taking enforcement action. So 
Slow down. Yeah, slow down. <laughs> and Bart, as we speak, a uh, traffic complaint just came in. <laughs> they, they, they're getting the Veterans message. Parkway 840. All right. right. Um, you know, they're saying needs to be a uh, traffic light there, but, you know, um, police department, we don't deal with installing mm-hmm. traffic lights. So, so that, go ahead, Chief. So here's what happens if you file a complaint with us. Uh, uh, we really have to. Uh, look at our resources, the resources we have available, and make sure that we're putting them in the right place. So uh, Lieutenant Greg Walker, he uh, basically manages two shifts of our traffic unit. So what he will do is uh, typically he'll reach out to the complainant, and he will uh, plan some kind of a response. And sometimes we may, uh, we have this uh, ability to put up a, 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 for lack of better terms, call it a stealth cam, uh, we put it up, and we can monitor speeds in a particular neighborhood, so you might not see immediate enforcement. We might be collecting data and saying, hey, what's the, what times do we need to be in this neighborhood uh, uh, conducting enforcement? Uh, it may tell us that, hey, they're really in a problem. You know, we may say, hey, we may see a result where it says, hey, 85% of the vehicles are traveling the speed limit or lower. We've seen that before. But the problem is that 15% that comes through there, they're typically running way too fast, and that gets a lot of people's attention. So uh, we try to narrow those timelines down and see if we can catch the violators. If there's issues or questions about uh, wanting uh, speed control devices, which we don't handle specifically in the police department, or if there's questions about, hey, I need a red light traffic or uh, red light can't. Uh, tra- traffic signal here, sorry, don't have red light cameras. Uh, but if you wanted a uh, traffic signal here, uh, then Lieutenant Walker can uh, push them in the right direction as far as talking to somebody in the city traffic department uh, to help uh, facilitate some of that. So We're going to pause for a moment, check on the weather, and we'll be right back. And when we come back, uh, our subject will be AEDs. Yeah, AEDs. Do you know what that is? The Automated External Defibrillator. Maybe you still don't know what that is. We'll find out. Stay with us. When the weather's at its worst, we're at our best. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. If you have ever dreamed of relaxing by your very own koi pond, we can make that happen at Animal City. We carry a variety of products and livestock to make your dream come true. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level, complete with indoor pond and tons of furry cute critters. Animal City, your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. Adam's Place makes fun, and there's as much to do as you want to do. When I leave my room about 10 a.m., I don't get back sometimes till midnight. <laughs> I'm a night owl. Well, I like to have fun with my friends. Yes, I do. Where is the fun? Oh, hands down, I'd say Adam's Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adam's Place. Call me for more information about Adam's Place at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com. 
Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We got some good neighbors and we like bragging on them. Nominate a good neighbor every day. Put it in writing on WGNS. WGNS. AM, AM, FM, FM, online. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. If you have a question, text it to us if you would, 615-893-1450. We're in the final segment of our broadcast. And Larry Flowers, Public Information Officer with the Murfreesboro Police, is one of our guests this morning. Larry, I understand that uh, the AED units are pretty much now in, is it all of the police cars or most of them? Uh, started in, in mid-April, uh, we began equipping uh, our uniform division officers with uh, an AED. So basically, they have the power to save lives, you know, right in their cars. Uh, I'm going to let Clayton pick it up and discuss, you know, the background in terms of whatever happened uh, to get us to this particular point. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think this was actually come from... Uh, chief's office recognition that you know we we're seeing our patrol officers that we go to assist fire we go to assist ems a lot of times on calls for uh, medical emergencies and a lot of those are um, heart related you know heart attacks and 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 things like that so um, felt like there was a you know a good opportunity to serve the community if we can be on the scene even if it's a minutes you know or uh, seconds earlier than fire and ems uh, having these tools and equipping officers how and uh, telling them how to use them um if they can get those machines hooked up to someone who's having some kind of heart trouble um and it automatically assessing what needs to be done whether it be cpr or whether it be using the aed to deliver a shock to the patient uh studies have shown that um, it can increase uh, the life expectancy uh, tremendously by getting those uh, on earlier. So it was a uh, you know investment that we made that we won't put in all our cars, so that when we get there, you know we can go ahead and start doing something in those moments instead of having to wait until EMS and fire arrives. What kind of training is involved? So uh, we partnered with um, our. MFRD to provide training. They have some folks on their staff who are certified to teach uh, and instruct that program. So they came over and hosted some classes for us, and we got all people run through those classes so that they'll know how to use them. Um, and again, as Larry said, we want to put them in all our uniform vision patrol cars so that we can have those out in the field and ready to go from anywhere. Very good. So when the help is needed, you have the manpower that knows how to do it and they have the equipment yeah. and it just and it also you know saves a few steps a lot of times so when fire and ems arrive the, those medical staff they can kind of jump in and assess from where things are and it just saves them a little bit of time as well so they can you know make their decisions faster and hopefully get people to hospital care faster and that uh, would work with accidents it would work with uh, people having a heart emergency mm-hmm. uh, while they were driving down the road I guess it could also 
uh, be a factor in a fire if you were the first mm-hmm. on the scene. Yeah, any you know any situation where the, that's needed, it'll be there and it'll be right in the trunk of the car, so readily available and ready to go. Very good. Uh, we're one of the few that has this type of equipment. I would imagine. I, I mean, you're looking at a big expense. Yeah, I don't remember the final number. The uh, chief may remember that, but it was it was quite an investment. But it's and to put it in that many vehicles. But you know, it's it w- the decision. What if you put it in only a few? It, you know, the likelihood of that person or that vehicle or being in the area at the time, you know, is going to be kind of a shot in the dark. So you know, we wanted to make it accessible to everybody. We have a question here from a listener who says, "I know you've talked in the past about having neighborhood police." But I don't see them any longer. Uh, what happened to the neighborhood police officer? And I don't know where they are. Yeah. So basically, we still have our cops unit, and basically they focus in uh, some of the areas where we have uh, uh, higher reports of crime. Uh, but uh, that unit is still uh, up and running. Uh, yeah, so uh, I not knowing where they're located or not knowing uh, what they're actually seeing or not seeing. Uh, uh, I, I need a little more information. That unit is still exists, uh, and we still uh, uh, have no intentions of getting rid of that unit, if we're, if we're talking about the same unit. We've, we've got a response from them. They say that they are in the downtown area, and they used to see the same police officer regularly. They got to know him, but now when problems arise, they have no clue who's coming over. So, are we talking about the the square? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm well, not I'm saying that, hoping that they'll <laughs> pop up on your screen with a response. <laughs> yeah, uh, downtown business area. See, see, effective <laughs> communication. Uh, okay, yeah. So basically, uh, you got to remember one thing: uh, that any time we have uh, uh, positions and an organization are assigned, there's always movement. So some of the people that may have traditionally filled a spot move on, other things happen. So I know in that particular area that uh, we're, we're actually in the position. Uh, typically I have three people working uh, the city hall downtown area. We're down to two right now, and I've actually taken internal applications to have that third position filled. So hopefully when that position gets filled, uh, the other two are, are covering for now. Then hopefully when I get that third position filled, there will be a new uh, person up there, a new face up there uh, addressing those issues. And that that will happen within the next week or two. So, uh, uh, But like I do have a vacancy right now up there. Okay, uh, so we have about a minute and a half left in our program today. The big thing, I guess, right now is uh, you do have openings, and you are looking for some sharp people who want to have a, a long-time profession. Come join us. Yeah, come join us. And uh, like I said, I look back on this career. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting I'm going on 35 years now. And I tell you, uh, the, if you want to make a difference, if you want to have impact in people's lives, uh, uh, this is the great great way to do it and it's not a you may have an impact on somebody's life you know occasionally it's it's a day-to-day thing you can you can be a difference so that's uh, all happening with the murfreesboro police department and again the best way to learn about would you learn about the specific vacancies or do you have a control if you're wanting to be a police officer do you have a control of saying i want to be an officer with the uh, you know whatever unit 
Everybody starts at the ground level. Uh, I know that uh, when people come in with experience, we've kind of look. We take in prior experience. Like if you want to be a detective, and they say it's three years, and we might say, "Hey, if you have a couple years with another agency, we'll include that, but you still have to have a year with us, something like that." So we look at that. But uh, but rule of thumb is everybody that comes into the organization starts at the patrol police officer level. Very good. Well, thank you all for joining us this morning and letting us know that we are a safer community. Thanks to Murfreesboro Police Officers, uh, all of the other agencies that uh, support us and keep us safe right here in the heart of Tennessee. Our guests this morning, Murfreesboro Police Chief Michael Bowen and Lieutenant Clayton Williams and Public Information Officer Larry Flowers. Stay with us. Chip Walters is next right here. On your good neighbor station, hey, have a safe day. We'll see you tomorrow.